Hello everyone. Before we start today's podcast, some exciting news for you. You can experience the Inside Politics podcast live in Dublin on May 16th when Hugh Linehan, Jennifer Bray and I will be joined by Cliff Young of Ipsos, one of America's top pollsters, to talk about the US election, our own local and European elections and much more. It's a breakfast event kicking off at 8am in Trinity College. If you'd like to attend, you can get tickets at irishtimes.com forward slash events. That's irishtimes.com forward slash events. I hope we see lots of you there. You're listening to the Irish Times Inside Politics podcast. Hello and you're very welcome to a special edition of Inside Politics from the Irish Times. I'm Hugh Linehan. Events are moving very fast today in Dáil Éireann. And so I was joined by our political editor Pat Leahy and Sarah Barden from our political staff to give us an update as of about 20 past four on Friday afternoon on events arising from the Sergeant McCabe controversy. Sarah, I think most of our listeners will be aware of the overall backdrop. But just in case, can we just can you just explain what we're talking about in relation to Maris McCabe and the report delivered? by Justice O'Neill earlier this week. So Mr O'Neill was asked by the Thánaiste Francis Fitzgerald to investigate allegations by Superintendent David Taylor, uh, who was the former head of the Garda Press Office, um, who had alleged in a protected disclosure that he was asked by senior members of the Garda, including Garda Commissioner Noreen O'Sullivan and former Garda Commissioner Martin Callanan, to spread um, allegations about Morris McCabe. Mr O'Neill submitted his report to the Thánaiste on December 7th and was published... Uh, uh, well, it's his recommendations and conclusions were published uh, this week. And on the back of that, the government committed to establishing a commission of investigation. Um, however, it's sort of taken a, a, a new lease of life in the last uh, 24 hours um, with fresh allegations that there was a file sent by TUSA, the Child and Family Agency, to Angarda Shiakona, which um, contained false allegations that Maris McCabe was the subject of a child sex abuse allegation. Um, and it, it, it turns out that that file was kept active until very recently, although at no point was Maris McCabe ever questioned or informed of the existence of such a case. And um, in August, uh, sorry, in, in May 2014, um, it subsequently turned out that it was a clerical error that the file had been established. However, it, it remained in existence until very recently. I think just two things to add to that by way of context, Hugh. The first is that when we say false allegations of sexual abuse against Sergeant McCabe, those are, it, it is the, the, the originators of, uh, of that file containing those allegations it is they who say it's not something that has been investigated and denied and found to be false it is something they say that this record was created in error that there was no basis for it but it was it was created by what they describe as a clerical error the second thing that um, I, I, I would say that this uh, to, to elaborate on the context of that is that this sits into uh, the allegations, as uh, Sarah said, made by the former head of the Garda press office that he was instructed to blacken the name, essentially, of uh, of Sergeant McCabe, who people will be familiar with as having drawn attention to various uh, malpractices within the Garda Siakona. Um, he has always said, and this is now borne out by the protected disclosure made by the head of the Garda press office, the former head of the Garda press office, David Taylor, that a campaign was waged against him 
to blacken his name in order to this wasn't some idle pursuit that uh, that that people in the Guardi were at. It was in order to diminish the impact of the allegations. Uh, of Garda malpractice that he made, many of which were upheld when they were investigated by the O'Higgins Commission. This latest allegation of the creation of a false charge of sexual abuse against Sergeant McCabe, I think must be understood in light of this by now pretty well established campaign of uh, of defamation, I suppose, against uh, against Sergeant McCabe. Now, the commission set up Uh, that the government announced this week will decide whether the present commissioner or the previous commissioner were responsible for that campaign against him or both for that campaign against Sergeant McCabe. But its existence is pretty much well apparent at this stage. And if I could just step back for a moment there, sir, this seems to me, looking at it from outside, you've just come down to us from um, from Leinster House, looking from outside, it seems to have really taken off over the last 36 hours or so and been accelerating over the course of the day today. It goes back to only a day or a half or so ago, the leader of the Labour Party, Brendan Howland, made statements under privilege to the Dáil, where he, I think, is it fair to say that he was the first then to ventilate publicly this question of uh, these 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 false accusations against Sergeant McKay being being spread, including to the to the media. Um, no, uh, the former chairperson of the Public Accounts Committee, uh, Fianna Fáil TD John McGuinness, had had uh, told the Dáil last year that he wa- that he had met the former Garda Commissioner Martin Callanan who had made allegations against Sergeant Morris McCabe. However, what Brendan Howland did was he brought the sexual nature of the allegations um, onto the floor of the doll. And I suppose that took off from from there. Um, And the allegation um, made in uh, last night's primetime programme and uh, on the front of the Irish Times today uh, takes it to a different different level because that allegation, as Pat has said, was without foundation and um, was laid on Mr McCabe's file in uh, Tusa until recently without his knowledge or without his awareness. And um, what I think is even more disturbing is that there was a file in Tusa containing information about Morris McCabe's four children, um, all containing the allegation that he sexually assaulted um, a young woman um, back in 2006 um, and that allegation was proven to be without foundation by the D- Director of Public Prosecution who uh, who rules that no uh, prosecution was warranted in this case. Um, so those files lay active and I think, you know, what we have to remark here is the extraordinary courage of Maurice McCabe to get to the root of these difficulties and this, and this problem because had he had not sub- of submitted... Uh, freedom of information request to get that uh, information from Tusa, we would probably have been none the wiser that this um, alleged smear campaign went to, uh, to the depths that it did. Yeah, and, uh, Pat, yeah just 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 to add to that, this um, the revelation about the false charge of uh, sexual abuse laid against uh, Sergeant McCabe was, according to the authorities, according to Tusla, was simply the result of a clerical error. Now, that may well be the case. But given the existence of the campaign against Sergeant McCabe for another state agency to make an error of this seriousness... 
can that I, can, should... Can I, can I ask uh, you a question about that? Sorry, without, yeah. without prejudice. The statement that it is a clerical error, which seems to be a clear statement of that uh, an, an, an honest or sincere mistake, is that on foot of an investigation which has been completed and finalised into exactly how this came no, about? No, there hasn't been an investigation into that. It was simply the person who was responsible for the clerical error. It came to her notice and she notified Tusla. Notwithstanding the fact that the investigation apparently continued after she had told Tusla it was uh, a clerical error um, and, and that I guess is something which will is likely to fall under the uh, expanded terms of the Commission of Investigation when they're announced next week but um, on, on the face of it it seems an astounding coincidence which stretches the very limits of credibility that this amazing error happened to occur in the case of Sergeant McCabe, a man who, as we know, was the subject of uh, a, a whether officially sanctioned or not uh, campaign to blacken his name by the Guard authorities. And there's a couple of other things we know. We know that there was a there was a previous accusation made against Sergeant McCabe, and that accusation was made by a family member of another guard who had been subject to disciplinary proceedings from from Sergeant McCabe several years ago. Yeah, and that this it, it, the the allegation purporting to come from the victim of. Uh, of the of the purported sexual assault uh, that we know that Sergeant McCabe uh, uh, certainly did not uh, did not commit was the same person who had filed the previous complaint. And Sarah, do we know that then that the information about this false complaint was communicated to a Garda and 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 from there on to other members of the Garda Shiakana? Um, or is that stand as an allegation at the moment? There is obviously no documentary evidence to suggest or to show the wide circulation um, that this allegation uh, had. The um, the as it stands, um, the allegation was known to senior members of the force, who then are alleged to have briefed the media about the content of the allegation, um, which is at the very heart of what Superintendent Taylor has alleged in his protected disclosure. Um, at the time, just to take it back to 2014 when this was happening, Morris McCabe was a constant thorn in the Garda uh, in the side of the Garda Shiakana. He was making repeated allegations about the abuse of the penalty point system and then went on to make allegations of serious malpractice at, uh, in the Cavan Monaghan district. Um, the Garda could... Didn't, you know, they couldn't do enough to discredit Morris McCabe. This was the time that listeners might recall that the former Garda Commissioner Martin Callan was branding uh, Mr McCabe and uh, and his colleague John Wilson as disgusting in, in front, front of a doll committee. In front of a doll committee. Yeah. In front of a doll committee and broadcast across the nation and you know on every um, on every broadcast outlet and every newspaper um, the following day. Um, at that time. The briefing um, is alleged to have began where journalists were contacted by Superintendent Taylor um, with the, as he describes it, with the knowledge and the permission of the former Garda Commissioner Martin Callanan and the current Garda Commissioner Noreen O'Sullivan about the substance of this allegation. However, Morris McCabe was unaware that this allegation had even had even taken place. He was unaware the file that the Gardaí were relying on was even in existence. Um, he only became aware of the extent of the allegation and the extent to which it was circulated late last year. 
And we are aware as well that Sergeant McCabe at this point has said, not surprisingly perhaps, that he'll be seeking legal uh, legal redress from, from, from Tuzla over, over this incident. Yeah, and I've spoken to Morris a good bit over the past 48 hours and as has been ex- reported today, the, the these allegations have completely devastated him and his family um, and it has uh, taken on, uh, as I said, a new a new lease of life in the la- in the past 36 hours um, with the regards to the knowledge of, um, of senior cabinet ministers in this regard. Yes, and that's if you like that's that's the most recent stage of this is that the the political system and the government have been drawn into it. Perhaps you could explain how and uh, in what fashion that's happened. Yeah. So um, when Morris McCabe received the freedom of information requests or documents under his request, um, obviously the litany of errors that occurred became apparent to him. Um, his wife Lorraine contacted the Department of Health. Health and the uh, Minister for Health's office. Um, she sought to raise concerns about Tusla, um, and she was told at that stage that that was a matter for the Department of uh, Children. Um, from my knowledge, um, the content of the allegations wasn't made during that phone call. She was passed on anywho to the Department of Children. Um, the Minister for Children, Catherine Sapone, met with uh, Lorraine and Morris at the end of January to discuss. Um, as I said, the litany of errors and she was showed the freedom information documents by Morris McCabe. Now, this takes it, I suppose, into into the political um, sphere because the Cabinet met on Tuesday. They were briefed by the Thornish and the Minister for Justice about the content of Earl O'Neill's report and the recommendations and conclusions that he had made, which included the establishment of a commission of investigation into, um, into this case. Um, at no point in that cabinet meeting did Catherine Sapone raise her meeting with Morris McCabe or, L- or Lorraine um, at the end of January. Um, she has released a statement in the in the past uh, little while to suggest that she told relevant gov- government ministers. However, when we contacted her spokesperson, um, the spokesperson declined to reveal the identity of these cabinet ministers that, or the government colleagues that she spoke to about her meeting with um, Maurice McCabe and indeed her knowledge of the of the litany of errors that had occurred. Um, so I suppose question marks arise. There's a l- number of questions about this whole sorry saga, but in, from the political side, the question is, who did Catherine Sapone speak to? Um, why she didn't? Why did she not speak at the at the cabinet table when these terms of reference were being decided? If she always envisaged a situation where the Child and Family Agency would be incorporated into the terms of reference of the Commission of Investigation, why did she sign off on them as they stood? Because this is the important point. Sorry to interrupt, but the important point I think is about Tuesday's cabinet discussion. Is that it signed off on terms of reference for the Commission of Inquiry, a Commission of Investigation investigation that would not have included uh, any investigation into this whole part of the story, the whole Tusla uh, part of the story and the allegations made against uh, against Sergeant McCabe. Which the file's been in- created. inexplicable it's if a government minister knew about it, isn't it? That is what we're currently trying to address, although no explanation is forthcoming from uh, from the Minister responsible. So just to be clear to people who are listening to this, it's 20 past four right now on Friday and it is possible there will be further developments over the over, over the coming hours. Um, to, this question is to either of you, I'm not sure who, who wants to answer it. Is the, is the statement from Catherine Zappone that she spoke to relevant government ministers but isn't currently willing to say who those ministers are, is that tenable? No. 
it's she not will have and to add, add more to that it, it raises more questions than it does answers um i think what is what is extremely important is the thorns that was asked about the, um, re- about relevant agencies um, and their contact with Angarda Siakana in the Dáil yesterday and she categorically said that she had no knowledge of um, contact between Angarda Siakana and other agencies apart from the Garda Siakana Ombudsman Commission with regards to Maurice McCabe um, so if it now transpires that one of the, re- the relevant government colleagues that Catherine Sapone alleges to have spoken to, if one of those people are the tarnished the um then it then it could be suggested that she she misled the doll um but there is a jesuitical possibility i looked at that text before of that that questions from Mary Lou MacDonald before he came in and the actual question was whether the Gardaí had initiated a communication with another state agency so if you were being ultra Jesuitical I don't think personally it would be defensible you could say that if the contact was initiated from the other side well then she was technically correct Just to state that during the debate because there was a two and a half hour debate that followed leaders questions on the Commission of Investigation and John McGuinness specifically raised the issue of uh, to us knowing okay. what was coming out, obviously, uh, in the in the latter hours. And while the Minister for Justice suggested that she had no objection to including them in the Commission of Investigation, she certainly at no point expressed any knowledge that they were involved in um, in this in this. Uh, I was present for the debate and for that uh, for that that part of it. And certainly, um, uh, what what Sarah says is absolutely true. There's no suggestion in what Francis said, Francis Fitzgerald said, or in her demeanour when the question of Tusla uh, uh, was raised, that um, she had any familiar familiarity whatsoever with uh, with it. She certainly didn't give any indication that she had been briefed by uh, one of her government colleagues that there was another whole side uh, to this story that re- that might require official uh, official attention so if we take it that Francis Fitzgerald was not briefed by um, uh, by Catherine Zappone then it begs the question of who exactly were the relevant government colleagues referred to in her statement and just to, just to briefly add to that if ta- if the tarnish the who is in charge of uh, establishing this commission of investigation and drawing up these term for re- terms of references and all the amendments that are, are now coming forward. If she wasn't made aware by Catherine Spohn, the question is why not? Now, I, I suppose finally, um, I mean, this is these are very grave matters, most most of all for, for Sergeant McCabe and his family and the way in which he appears to have been uh, dealt with atrociously by, by uh, agencies of the state, but also in terms of what you know what they possibly say about behaviour of, of, of senior members of the Gardaí too. But right now, this is also a political issue, and not for the first time. Uh, difficulties with the Gardaí are intruding into the political sphere and bringing a certain toxicity into elements. Um, such matters have brought down government ministers before, if not governments. Is there any possibility of that in this instance? Just considering, I suppose, the pace at which this is uh, transpiring over the past number of years. You'd be a fool to rule anything out, uh, I I think. And also, I think in recent hours, this is escalating into something with at least the potential uh, to become a full-blown political crisis. You know trouble is afoot when all of a sudden a whole lot of people stop answering uh, their phones and stop replying to texts, and that's the situation we're in now. You also know another indicator of crisis is when uh, senior people in government who are answering their phones are asking you what's going on, and um, again, that is the position I've been in in recent hours. So 
you know, this is clearly um, this is clearly a moving story, and it is one I think that uh, you 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 can't plot the ending of uh, at this stage. Or you can't even say uh, where is the likely destination, sir. Yeah, I suppose I, I absolutely agree with everything Pat has said. Um, the pace at which this is going, you just you, you can't rule out anything. Um, I, I would have to say that for my reading of it at present, and as I said, it's moving so quickly. There, uh, despite um, Catherine's opponent's statement, the pressure is still very much on her um, to outline her knowledge of uh, the Morris McCabe uh, file and. To, to reveal the identity of the people that she spoke to and if one of those people wasn't the Minister for Justice, why not? Um, as Pat said, this has, this, this has the potential to, to become a full-blown crisis and, um, you know, elections have been caused over much smaller smaller things and I think the rate at which this is moving, you couldn't rule anything in the So right. watch this space. You can continue to follow all these events on irishtimes.com over the course of the weekend with coverage from Pat and from Sarah. Thanks for joining us. And that's it from this special edition of the Inside Politics podcast. We'll be back again next week and we'll be back to you soon also with our Inside Story podcast. We hope to do a few more of those over the next few weeks too. Thanks very much to our producer, Declan Conlon. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at hlinhan or you can send me an email at hlinhan at irishtimes.com. Have a nice weekend.